Question. What if Superhero Stuff You Should Know covered the Marvel Universe? Find <laughs> out today. Welcome <laughs> to another universe. I am the variant of your usual host here to talk about Marvel. This is Ben, now wearing white and a Marvel shirt. And with me are... It's Andrew, and is the name Bruce the connective tissue here? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Among other things. All heroes named Bruce covered <laughs> on this podcast. I have to cover all of them. All two of them. <laughs> all two of them. Yes. And then also our Uncle Joker is here. Well, you know what, Ben? I've changed my mind. Since we're talking about Marvel, I think I'm going to be Uncle Gobby. <laughs> Uncle Gobby. <laughs> which sounds just fantastic because, you know, he's my top Marvel villain. So uh, Uncle Gobby is here today to talk about another green-skinned Marvel yes. character. Yes, indeed. Hulkers. Indeed. Yes. Yeah. All right. Uncle so Gobby sounds like version- a good rap name. It does. <laughs> Little, little Gobby. Gobby. Little Gobby. Little, little Gobby. Gobby and Big Gobby. <laughs> so the version of this show you guys are familiar with in the audience uh, is that we talk about DC characters like Batman, but today we're talking about a Marvel character whose name is Bruce and has childhood trauma and is a dark loner and has been played by multiple actors and been rebooted constantly and even had a Danny Elfman score. And that is the Hulk. Uh, so hmm. today this is a fan request coming from Axel M. So let's pull this up right now. So Axel requested this. Axel left us this comment many uh, months ago about uh, our Batman 5 coverage on Batman Dark Knight and said that, quote, Batman Dark Knight would have been a sequel to Batman Forever, erasing Batman and Robin, making it a soft reboot. Here's who I would have cast. Kilmer as Batman. Chris O'Donnell is back as a 50-year-old version of Dick Grayson. Michael Goff <laughs> as Alfred. Nicholas Cage as Scarecrow. Jeff Goldblum as Langstrom slash Manback, because why not repeat The Fly? And uh, Linda <laughs> Hamilton as Francine Langstrom. And we commented on that uh, comment saying that he was a genius for that idea. And uh, <laughs> Axel in turn asked us, uh, he DM'd us personally with a request to cover the Hulk script from the 1990s that never got made. Hmm. Axel, our apologies for taking so long, but we got caught up into a little thing called the Snyder Cut. So it was a little, <laughs> just a little distracted for about like, half a year on that. But uh, we are finally here and we are here to cover what if Hulk was made in the 90s so we waited for the what if show to come out <laughs> so we could use this logo that that's everybody right would know. Exactly. yeah now it all makes sense yes so uh, art here is by alex ross and the graphic itself is by our very own uncle gobby himself zachary jackson brown so i know how to work a computer <laughs> <laughs> let's talk though a very bit good. about the hulk since we've never really covered this character before we might have mentioned him here and there but we haven't really formally covered this so what are your thoughts on the hulk your own history with the character starting with uh uncle gobby um i do think that he's pretty cool he just never was really on my radar mm-hmm. as much as a kid i guess because he wasn't in a whole lot of media i mm-hmm. i didn't see the 70s show for a long time i knew he was my dad's favorite character because my dad said really? that he only read like a couple comics because his roommate had them in college and they're all Hulk ones. And he said he used to like how he could jump from like planet to planet or something like that, or he could just <laughs> jump really far. So <laughs> he really liked the Hulk and I always thought he was interesting. I liked, uh, I liked that he's kind of like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Uh, that's mm-hmm. kind of like a, uh, and the fact that he's a good guy. So he is pretty cool. Um, I will say like nowadays, like I enjoy him, but I do think that he, it seems like he's had more success as a supporting character and not mm. a uh, main protagonist of a film because 
I feel like I do like the Edward Norton Hulk movie because I like Edward Norton, but I don't really remember a whole lot about it. So, yeah, he's uh, he's not really on my radar, but I do think that he's cool. Mm-hmm. Andrew? Yeah, not my favorite either. There's mm-hmm. two dudes at my work that they're his, they're, he's their favorite, mm-hmm. and I always thought that was interesting. Like, he's definitely some people's favorite mm-hmm. out there. Um, but it's probably more on the rare side, especially compared to Batman and Superman. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just so close to Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, but it's, you know, Stan Lee's version. Mm-hmm. Or did Jack Kirby do this one? Sorry. I, both of them. For my, yeah. Okay, together. they both did it? Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's cool to have their own version of it, but I, I don't know. I mean, he's, he's fun in the movies and the Avenger movies and stuff. And if there's another Hulk movie that comes out, I'm definitely seeing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Ang Lee one came out when I was in college, and my <laughs> film professor mentioned it briefly. He was mm-hmm. like, "He was like, Ang Lee's gonna really break it down, and uh, we're gonna get a real deep, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, introspection into the Hulk, and it's going to be, it's gonna be questioning um, what drives the anger of man, or whatever the fuck." It, Boy, was he know, wrong? Yeah, it was. <laughs> Because, you know, Ang Lee was on a roll at that time mm-hmm. with um, Brokeback Mountain and the other shit he made. I forget the other shit at this moment, but... This might have been before Brokeback, but uh, Crouching Tiger. Crouching Tiger. Oh, Crouching Tiger. Yeah. Crouching Tiger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, we all thought he was going to make something amazing. And then the first fight, he fights like these wolves. And the it was Hulk just, dogs. The Hulk the dogs Hulk from dogs. Hulk dogs. David run of the comics, yeah. I just thought that was lame. Yeah. I mean, I was like, we're ta- we're fighting little, like not little, but we're fighting dogs right now. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the Edward Norton wins is a little bit, a little bit better, but still on the weaker side of what we have, what we know of the MCU now. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. yeah. He's fun in video games because he's just a big mm-hmm. fucking smash. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, the introduction was actually the Ang Lee movie, and I know a lot of people hate this version, but even at fifteen, I think. I did have kind of, not necessarily guilty pleasure, but an affection for uh, how much of a character study it was into Bruce Banner. Because I wasn't really that into Hulk himself. Um, Right. Even though a lot of people, I mean, that's the contradiction of the movie. Everyone's there to see Hulk smash and smash shit. Uh, But I was kind of thrown at 15 at just being like, oh, this is really into this backstory and the psychology of his character and how... His father murdered his mother accidentally and his own repressed anger. And, you know, at 15, you're also dealing with your own repressed anger about all sorts of shit uh, when you're going through adolescence. So I sort of could relate Mm -hmm. to that Eric Bana version of it. And I spent that summer reading the novelization. Here's that again by Peter David again. So that's another thing. (laughs) Calling back to your Batman Forever Ah. novelization. That's another novelization that is a lot better and deeper than the movie. But we'll save that for another time. Um I was definitely excited for the 2008 Incredible Hulk because I just thought Edward Norton, that's a perfect casting for Bruce Banner, you know, in terms of just size and just quality of actor. Uh, but I felt the movie itself was kind of, a, as Andrew says, like kind of on the weaker side when it comes to the other Marvel mm-hmm. movies, especially because like that was right after um, Iron Man and The Dark Knight. So at that point, it's kind of just yeah. a blip on the radar uh, and sort yeah. of the forgotten phase one movie. And of course, you know, the Mark Ruffalo version is the most popular one of these days. Uh, in the Avengers, but I do agree with criticisms about how the Endgame version of the Hulk is kind of the crux of Bruce Banner's arc and not really shown on screen. So it's just like in between the Mm -hmm. prologue and the rest of the movie, it's like, yeah, we figured out how to merge. And it's like, well, 
would have been nice to show that in some yeah. way. <laughs> I know. So uh, even though that was sort of fun to see a Hulk who's talking like Mark Ruffalo and be smart Hulk and stuff, it, it was sort of a weird choice, I think. And there was going to be a scene in Infinity War that they shot, and there is footage of uh, Banner arguing with Hulk and them sort of agreeing. And then he transforms into Professor Hulk for the finale. But I think mm-hmm. they realized that it was going to be too... <laughs> Uh, it would have sort of almost taken away the impact maybe of that finale to infinity war. So I get why they didn't uh, put that there. Like, you know, it's not, it's, it would yeah. take, it would take you out of the moment of that big finale, but Oh, we're covering his character arc now. It would have yeah, been, well, it would have been like place. right before the snap, you know, cause it, it happens uh, like in Wakanda during yeah. the big Wakanda fight. So it's kind of would have been overshadowed by so much stuff. It would so deflate, deflate that moment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 But then they decided just not to have it at all, yeah, which I yeah. think is probably a worse decision. So maybe so. Yeah. 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 But anyway, uh, obviously the most famous live action iteration of the Hulk is the one with Bill Bixby as David Banner, not Bruce, because apparently they had all sorts of problems with the name Bruce at the time. Uh, and Lou Ferrigno as the Incredible Hulk. The next time he was in live action was the 2003 Hulk movie that we just talked about with Ang Lee directing. But much like Batman mm-hmm. '89. There was a long development period just to get to that film, and it starts in the 1990s, and the script that we're covering today is one of the many scripts that led up to that. So I'm not going to go into all the different drafts because I only went over this one <laughs> that Axel requested. Uh, so we're just going to take tackle this one and go in-depth into that. However, if you guys are Hulk fans and want more of that, let us know, and we'll certainly cover that. But the writer for this project is Jonathan Hensley. You might be familiar with him because he worked on uh, the original Jumanji, Con Air, The Saint, Armageddon, uncredited uh, uh, writing on The Rock, uh, Die Hard with a Vengeance, um, and he would later return to the comic book world with his directorial debut on the 2004 version of The Punisher with Tom Jane, which some say is the best Mm. movie version of The Punisher before John Runfell did the TV show. Yep. So... And that's another case where the director's cut is better than the theatrical, in my opinion. Absolutely. So uh, <laughs> this draft is what he wrote in 1997, and the original director intended for it was Joe Johnston, who did The Rocketeer and would go on to direct Captain America, The First Avenger. Uh, Johnston. Oh, yeah. Let us not forget October yeah. Sky by that too. Joe yeah. Johnston. <laughs> Full of fucking heart. Yes. So uh, Johnston had previously worked with Hensley on... Jumanji with Robin Williams, and they wanted to have that same team on for the Hulk over at Universal. Universal had the rights at the time. This is way before the Marvel Studio, Marvel Cinematic Universe even exists. Um, this is back when like Marvel movies were just not great, uh, or directed video, or just never got released, uh, or in this case, just never what, made. What was the time period again? 1997. I mean, 90s. Okay, 97. Yeah, so we're mm-hmm. just before Blade. Then this is the same year as Batman and Robin. That's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the best year for comic book movies. <laughs> Ninety-seven. Yeah, yes. it was not. It wasn't exactly the golden age. Yeah. So eventually, Johnson drops out to do another project, and with Hensley already writing it, Hensley decides maybe this will be my debut feature film. Uh, obviously, that doesn't happen, and his actual debut is The Punisher. But um, this actually goes a lot farther along than just the script. They did do some casting. And they did do some work uh, behind the scenes of what the creatures and the Hulk would look like. But first off, in terms of casting, the casting for Bruce Banner was a lesser-known actor at the time named Billy Crudup. 
Oh. Hey. Billy Crudup was going to be Bruce Banner. And this is 1997, so this is like huh. him in Sleepers with Brad Pitt, Jason Patrick, and Robert De Niro is one of the many members of that cast. This is way before he's Dr. Manhattan, Watchmen, wow. or Henry Allen yeah. and Zack Snyder's Justice League. So uh, this is early concept art for that is what I'm showing to you now. So a lot of the stuff that I'm going to show you is actually official stuff made for this unmade Hulk stuff. Uh, so... There's another shot here of, of the Hulk where he they basically modeled some of it off of his face. But the big thing to remember is that this is around 1997 or so. We are so used to CG Hulk from the 2003 movie yeah. or the 2008 movie or the Avengers. This is 1997. There's no CG Hulk. We don't have the technology for that. But they don't want to do Lou Ferrigno style either. Inspired by Jurassic Park, they were going to go animatronic okay. on the Hulk. And they spent millions in pre-production for this with Steve Johnson's wow. FX team. Steve Johnson created Slimer for Ghostbusters, did the Doc Ock arms for Spider-Man 2, and mm -hmm. might be working on Spider-Man No Way Home, considering that Doc Ock is the same Doc Ock as in that. Uh, uh, I, don't, and I, don't, I don't think he is. That's another you don't story. think so? It's another story. You right think there. it's all CGI? Probably, knowing Marvel. But anyway, Johnson yeah. is fresh yeah. off of... Superman lives at this point. So he's gone from yeah. one yeah. superhero thing that doesn't work out to another uh, at this point. And as we hmm. go through the script, some of the visuals that uh, I will be showing you are the actual animatronics or concept art done for the film by the team. And I'll be showing a lot more at the end. Uh, so anyway, uh, what we have here as well is that Universal, again, this is a time where comic book movies aren't really the genre they are now. We've got Batman and Robin coming out in 1997, but they wanted to keep the budget. <laughs> this is a recipe for success. A low-budget Hulk movie. Oh, man. Oh, so uh, there's not a lot of comic book elements in this. In fact, the only comic book character in the entire thing is Bruce himself, the Hulk. Hmm. Uh, but the interesting thing about this script that I find... Uh, stands out from other takes that we have seen is that it dives into the horror movie aspects of the Hulk. This is essentially a horror movie version nice. of the Hulk. That's like the current uh, run on Marvel or, or a very recent run. Mm -hmm. Or right? a Hulk, Hulk goes to hell or something like that. There's, I mean, Isn't the current the most run recent is one? like mm -hmm. kind of horror, more horror oriented, right? I don't know. I, haven't been I think it. so. I've just seen the I've, covers I've seen the that cover. Alex Ross did. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've seen some mm -hmm. of the cover. I, I'm pretty sure. I, I might have even read the first one, but um, yeah, I think that I think that it's a kind of a horror thing at the moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I'm, I was laughing because this last face is cracking me up. <laughs> I don't know. It looks like he just really stubbed his toe Hulk. big time. It's like, he's, I don't know what it is. He just looks like comical <laughs> in that one. <laughs> Yeah, so some of the concept art was done by uh, Benton Jew uh, around 1997 for ILM. And uh, you'll see some of that concept art as well for those who are looking at the YouTube. But uh, the interesting thing is that it delves into the horror movie aspects because Hulk does have its roots in horror movies. First, Jekyll and Hyde, obviously, but also the main mm -hmm. reason why we got this was because one of the most popular universal monsters was the Frankenstein monster, the Boris Karloff Frankenstein yeah. monster, associated with being you know a green brute uh even though that's not quite what he is in the mary shelley book but that's a whole other story a whole other podcast yeah. uh but uh they wanted a character who was like that and so that's kind of how stanley and jack kirby came up with the hulk and this script kind of takes on a different twist of like okay well back then you know those were the type of horror movies but in the 90s we're looking at body horror movies 
We're looking at stuff right. like The Fly, um, even, I guess, Thinner uh, from Stephen King, like that type of stuff. So yeah. this is pretty much a mix of a body horror movie and a superhero movie at That's the same interesting. time. So I found it really interesting because of the fact that we're so used to, you know, Mark Ruffalo, Hulk with, you know, Hulk smash jokes and stuff from the MCU. This is completely different from that in uh, in tone as well as how they were going to develop it. So the script opens in death row. Specifically, three prisoners are up for execution. One's going to the gas chamber. One's going to the electric chair. One's going even to the gallows, which Zach and I have talked about how, like, that seems pretty uh, still savage for the 90s, but some <laughs> shit was going on at that time. Dude, yeah. the 90s are known for being dark, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm telling and you, I said it a lot in this podcast. <laughs> like the, oh, even the Super Mario Brothers antiquated. movie. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, however, before each of them gets executed, these three prisoners, each prison that they're at, gets a call telling them to stop. Why? We're about to find out. The prisoners are being sent to a government-funded uh, experiment. What are these experiments? Well, a certain, quote-unquote, certain governmental agency, uh, that's literally what it says in the comic, I mean in the script, hmm. uh, they're planning to uh, push to find a way for humans to colonize Mars. <laughs> now, this is an interesting start <laughs> to this. I was not uh-huh. expecting this. Uh, is this how and, we get to the gamma ray, gamma yeah. ray shit? In order for them to survive the atmosphere in Mars, humans will need extraordinary abilities to survive on that planet. Oh, that's good, actually. They've roped in two doctors, a medical doctor named Molly Mickelson, and and then, of course, PhD Bruce Banner himself. Molly, in the script, Hmm. is meant to be the love interest for Bruce Banner. Strangely, there's no Betty Ross. In fact, as I said, none of the other characters in the script are Marvel Comics characters except for the Hulk himself. But to make things easier, I've got Jennifer Connelly as Molly since she was Betty Ross in the Ang Lee movie. Anyway, Molly and Bruce end up meeting the three convicts that the government have pulled out. So we meet Ray Deacon, Carl Novak, and Hector Allende. Uh, These are all bad men. These are all criminals up for death row. Uh, And (laughs) two out of these three were actually cast in the role. So as we see here, we have Lynn Red Williams as Deacon and Gregory Sporleader as Novak. These were actually actors who were cast back in 97 for this. Uh, As you can guess, nobody was actually cast as Hector, so we just threw in Danny Trejo to uh, compensate for that. Yes. Not to jump ahead too much, but th- this movie was really going to be made. Huh? Mm-hmm. This is yeah. like this got pretty up to shooting date almost. Is what it's, yeah. it's, what it's we filming, have brought up, like. and these two as the villains, they would probably have cast somebody as Hector. Maybe it would have been Danny Trejo. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, and somebody else as Molly, and they had the animatronics in the works for the different characters for Hulk specifically. So uh, these are the main villains. We got Deacon, Novak, and Hector, but just think of them as, like, the convicts. And Banner and Molly have, like, these speeches to them about, like, what they're going to be used for. But basically, the prisoners are going to be used for experiments that will make them superhuman enough to help build a human colony on Mars. And, of course, the government finds them expendable enough because they're prisoners in order to use them as the guinea pigs. So, specifically... What are they? uh, Some kind of suicide squad? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Some kind of whole squad? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) <laughs> so uh, Deacon over here is going to have uh, basically the strength to uh, weight ratio of a carpenter ant or a sugar beetle. Uh, Novak will run hotter <laughs> Almost than 130 as if he's degrees. Ant man. <laughs> yes. Man. Novak will be kind of a um, human torch in a way by running hotter than 130 degrees and uh, <laughs> be able to withstand the cold temperatures. And uh, Hector will have 
a high metabolism and not be able to sleep, uh, no need to sleep, actually, an ability derived from hummingbirds. So, what is, so do you have any info on why they would not get a Marvel villain? If they get a whole, if they're a whole, if they're the hero, why don't they get the villain? Just because it's the '90s? Potentially, it's because of the '90s, and they wanted to do this body horror thing. And I guess there weren't. They didn't think that there were Marvel villains, or they didn't do the research in that. I don't really have a lot of info on why there's not a lot of Marvel in this, outside okay. of just hmm. Hulk being Hulk. You know. Okay. Uh, so to pull this off, Banner and Molly are going to experiment with their bodies and then expose the convicts to gamma radiation. What could possibly go wrong here? Uh, <laughs> this is obviously an updated safe. version, <laughs> updated version of the comic where Banner was experimenting with a gamma bomb and ended up getting caught in a blast when trying to save the teenager Rick Jones, who is not in the script and not in any movie version <laughs> of the Hulk, but he's an important part of the origin in the comic. Anyway. Forgive uh, me, inter- internet, but I forget yeah. the exact setting, and, mm-hmm. and, and Ben as well. I forget the exact setting for the gamma radiation. It's in a lab? Because I know the Fantastic Four are in a spaceship going towards mm-hmm. the sun, or in space or some shit, uh, and then they get blasted with their rays. But mm-hmm. the gamma, gamma, the original one for the Hulk is more in a lab, I guess? Or what was it? I thought it? they were no, on a testing the site. Desert. It's a testing it's site. A de- it's a testing mm-hmm. site. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. And Bruce runs out when he sees that the teenager Rick Jones is out there and tries to save him mm-hmm. to get out of there. And uh, Rick gets saved, but Bruce gets blasted by the gamma radiation. And that's how he turns into the Hulk. Okay. Uh, I forgot. So yeah. an, an act of heroism. Indeed. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, Daredevil is because it's all because Matt Burdock tried to save the blind man and end up becoming blind himself to, mm-hmm. to the radioactive waste that also created the Ninja Turtles. Check out Andrew's video essay on that. <laughs> Please do. Got those low <laughs> <Yeah>. views. <laughs> views on the low side. <laughs> but it so would be great it three times. Time, I guess. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> it's so. only like three minutes, everybody. So you Yeah, exactly. Watch like three seconds of it. Just give us that little uh, click. Make the number go up just a little bit. Yeah. Um, it was. We'll okay, make so... more Batman '89 shit. I swear. <laughs> it's gonna anyway, happen. They'll hold them hostage, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> They're holding us hostage. <laughs> so uh, in the original comics, it was the testing site, but it was the 1970s TV show where it's Banner in the lab. That creates it. That's that image of him in like the he's like in the contraption thing that they ended up copying in uh, the Norton movie. Uh, but it's, it mm-hmm. starts with the '70s show that gives the idea that it was an experiment in the lab, and that gets carried over into all the other adaptations. So that's kind of what they have here, but with the twist that the gamma radiation was not meant to be for Banner uh, or meant to be a bomb. It was meant to actually be for these convicts. So. During the preparation for the experiment, they're getting these prisoners prepped, and uh, they find out that it's pretty much established that this machine that they're using uh, cannot accept, you know, they can't have any metal on them when they go inside. And one of the convicts, Novak, overhears this and comes up with sort of his own escape plan, because he's still under government, you know, government custody at this point. So before the experiment, Novak manipulates a guard into feeling sorry for him and giving him a stick of gum, which has a metal wrapper. Oh, my uh, God. Yep. So, as I said, what could possibly go wrong? Three convicts, gamma radiation, the script's about the Hulk. Um, so, when they put this guy through the gamma radiation, you know, the machine and stuff, sparks fly, and uh, everyone panics. 
because this guy could die and stuff. And Banner panics himself and asks them to turn it off. And so Bruce, Molly, and the prison guard who gave the gum to him, they all go and, and try to rescue Novak, only for Novak to reveal that he's been faking it, wakes up, grabs a gun from the guard, and takes Molly hostage. So now we got this ho- hostage situation in this thing. Uh, during the confrontation, Novak fires, the bullet ricochets, Molly and the guard get out in time, but Banner is there with the three other convicts in the machine with the gamma radiation. And as you could probably tell, the bullet causes the gamma radiation to blast off, blasting the convicts as well as Banner himself. Shoot. So, yep. I wonder what's going to happen to him. <laughs> so He's going to die. Uh, yeah. He's going to become Dr. Realistically. Manhattan. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> They all died, and that was the end. It's a tragic story. So what do you guys think of this version of the Hulk? Um, Banner and the convicts are sent to the hospital where they... The what? Short and sweet. That's how I liked it. I like it. (laughs) Yeah. There's millions of dollars. I needed to be grounded in realism 100%. (laughs) So uh, Peter Parker gets bit by a radioactive spider. His blood is poison. Death. He does. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, yes. Green light. Uh, Banner and the convicts are sent to the hospital where they wake up, but they all appear to be in good health at first. Molly checks Bruce out of the hospital while the convicts get transported back to prison with it seemingly considered to be a failed experiment. But the criminals end up breaking out of their transport and escaping, causing a truck to crash. Molly and Bruce, on their way out of the hospital, encounter the crash truck on the road, and Bruce, whose forearm is turning gray, ends up tearing off a truck door and pulling a man out to rescue him. Now, this is interesting because Jack Kirby said one of his inspirations for the Hulk was less to do with, like, monsters and more to do with the story, you know, the, the legend of the mother who saw her child was in danger and the adrenaline gave her the super strength to lift up the car to save her child. Uh, so that was his inspiration for it. And so Bruce doing this is kind of a callback to that. Uh, Bruce's grayish, greenish arm as well is reminiscent of the original Hulk who was colored gray, not the famous green mm-hmm. in the very beginning. Right. So, yeah, because he, he was a villain, right, at first, first issue? Kind of, kind of. But it was also like it harkens yeah. back to what the Frankenstein monster looked like in the Karloff movie. Ah, uh, right, right, right. You know, you know the black and white film? It's black and white, so he's, he's grayish. It's what it looks mm-hmm. like. And then at some point they ended up turning him green. It, it's interesting to see the color changes in some of these. Cause you know, Daredevil was originally yellow <laughs> and you're just like, right. Yeah. Why? <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, Bruce saves this other, other man and goes back home. And while recovering encounters an old man named Frank Ringwald to keep it simple for visual sake, I put Nick Nolte from the 2003 film. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. But anyway, Frank is an old man who was Banner's predecessor in the experiments to send men to Mars and use gamma radiation for that. The government has been experimenting with gamma radiation for many years, even longer than before Banner has come in. And Banner wonders why. Why was this all you know, kept secret from him? And to show him proof that Frank was his predecessor, that gamma radiation causes some serious shit, Bruce uh, and Frank go to meet a man named Martin who is exposed to gamma radiation. And what I'm about to show on the YouTube video is the makeup tests for what Martin was going to look like. Whoa. A very Ooh, large cool. man in glasses with giant hands, giant head. He's in this room where everything is like super sized. A regular drinking glass is too small for him. He has to drink out of a bucket. You know, he hasn't been able to escape from this room in years because he's considered to be a freak. 
So for those who are watching the YouTube kind of cool. video, this is Steve Johnson's effects for prosthetics and stuff on an actor as uh, sort of what I think is the Martin character. It's, it hasn't been confirmed, but given what I was reading in the script, this is the only character that this seems to fit. It looks like uh, Hunter S. Thompson with humongous hands. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 It's like Nutty Professor so, to me, or something like some little bit, those yeah. kind of like special effects. <laughs> mm. That those this, I mean, I'm not an effects artist. I'm a guy that takes photos of effects mm-hmm. and effects artists. So take it with a grain of salt here. But to me, this, this looks great. So great job, Steve. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I think yeah. it looks awesome. Great so, effects. The older scientist brings up that he wants to cure the effects of the gamma radiation in Martin and Bruce and possibly the convicts just to sort of undo all the shit that the government's made them do. So Bruce has to give his own sample so that Frank can see what are the you know similarities between Martin's DNA and Bruce's DNA. And so Banner's like, okay, let's do it and let's bring in a medical doctor for help. So they bring in Molly, Bruce's love interest. Uh, Molly is a single mom, so she is on her way to get her son uh, to a football game when she gets contacted to be part of this. But they're all down to try to cure Bruce Banner from this gamma radiation stuff, cure Martin, and call it a day. And instead of getting to the lab, they get caught by the government. The government is rounding up Banner and everyone who got caught in the gamma rays to see if this experiment works because they really want to send them to Mars. Uh, So the government tracks down the criminals who have, in their escape, are now hiding out at, I shit you not, the Bates Motel. (laughs) Not Norman Bates, but just the Bates Motel. (laughs) It's got to be an homage, though, of some sort. Yeah, so the motel owner (laughs) called them in. I guess Universal figured, like, "Eh, we have this in our back lot anyway. If you take the studio tour, <laughs> yeah. so we might as well just that's, use that. That's true. And yeah. this guy is wielding a humongous knife. Yes. <laughs> uh, but just as Bruce is gradually transforming, so are the criminals. So Deacon is becoming a half half a man, quarter carpenter ant, and quarter sugar beetle. Hector like is it. turning into a giant hummingbird, and Novak, who's supposed to be, you know, have a really high temperature, is turning into basically the human torch. So Deacon, as the giant bug, manages to burrow under the motel room that they were escaping in uh, and emerges on the other side and ends up kidnapping Molly and her son to escape with the other villains in a car. Uh, Banner sees that Molly's in trouble and kicks into action. He steals a car that was abandoned in this panic fight with all these monsters, and he drives. And as he drives, his arms get bigger. And we're about to see this for the YouTube version. This is the test run on the animatronic of when how they were going to pull that effect off. Uh, with the clothes oh, ripping. Awesome. Yeah. Practical effects, man. Part. Look at this shit. And he's, yeah, he is behind the wheel when he starts turning into the Hulk for the first time, uh, destroying oh, the car man. around him as he's on his way to rescue this girl who is the love of his life in this script, at least. So Bruce Banner is on his way to rescue Molly. He is now turned into the Hulk. What's going to happen? Find out after the break. Here at Chat of the Wild, our game club podcast, we have been using our lens of truth to do deep dives on the Legend of Zelda series, in order, covering one to two dungeons each episode. Our show also looks at Zelda-likes, such as Crusader of Senti, Golden Axe Warrior, and the bizarre journey of For the Frog the Bell Tolls. Join us right now as we play Ari and the Secret of Seasons, our first new release since Season 1, or check out our past seasons breaking down nearly 20 action-adventure titles. New episodes drop every Wednesday, here on the Greenlit Podcast Network. Lord have mercy, y'all. Do you like hounds? Do you enjoy pooches? Do you find yourself enjoying time spent with that of canines? 
talking about dogs, y'all. As you might have heard, Superhero Stuff You Should Know has now teamed up with BarkBox. For every month, you get a box for your special canine. Pooches. Or hounds. That's right. One free extra month if you go to BarkBox.com slash Superhero Stuff Pod. Follow the link and you'll get a free extra month valued at $35 and valid for all multi-length plans. So get the BarkBox for your hound, for your pooch, for your canine. Your doggo will thank you. How long are we going to be flying here, man? It's fucking taking forever, dude. And my fucking, like, pelvic area is being kind of sore from being pulled by my fucking belt buckle for four fucking hours. And I need to, I need to put on some new sunscreen. And also, dude, I got to tell you, man, the taco that we ate at that place that fucked up Jimmy. Woo! I think I'm next, man, on the hit list. I feel it in my stomach. Something fierce, man. I, I might need to take a... A little uh, rest stop, you know what I'm saying? Pito, we are over the forest now. There's no bathroom in sight. You'll just have to hold it. All right, man, I'm going to fucking drop trail mid-air and fucking... Uh, here it goes. Don't you dare. Uh, God uh, damn it. Uh, 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 what the hell? What is this shit? What the hell are you doing up there? Who are you in the green costume? Who the fuck is this, Magneto? It's me, the Green Goblin. <laughs> and whose turd has splattered on my shiny helmet? That would be this young man, even though I warned him not to. I don't know how you couldn't tell, man. I still haven't got my pants up. <laughs> well, I gotta admit, it was quite a sight seeing your ass flying through the air. Here I am on my way to beat Spider-Man. Give him a call on the old telly. And here's some loser flying around with his ass out, his pants down around his ankles, and what do you know, a sea turtle drops right on my shiny dome. Hey man, sea turtle sounds like it's from something else, but alright. How about a Hershey's Kiss, a Baby Roots candy bar? I think that was corn in that taco too, man. <sighs> Whatever the case is, Pito apologizes, stranger. I, I didn't hear him apologize. Oh, man... All right, I guess I apologize for taking a shit in your mouth midair. Damn it, I knew I should have changed this helmet. It's got a little screen on the front. Now there's pieces stuck in there. That's why you need a helmet like mine. Yeah, man, Buckethead. Although it would get in your mouth too, I think, man, but... Uh, sounds like Buckethead's already taken by a musician. And Peter, what kind of a name is that? You like little kids or something? Don't you dare call my helmet a bucket. Only Peter gets to say that. Peto just felt right, you know what I'm saying, man? You know it'll make me feel good, laying a bomb myself. Here's one of my trademark pumpkin bombs. <laughs> oh man, I haven't even got my pants up yet. Peto, I told you to move. Man, I'm sorry. That guy came out of nowhere, dude. Is that a cabin, man? Yes, it's a cabin. I guess we can go over and ask for help. Wanda? Dad? Why are you with a half-naked guy in the woods? And why do you smell like shit? Lord Swizzlington says you're wonderful. <laughs> and we are back. Bruce is now the Hulk and he's on his way to rescue Molly. Uh, and he's in a car that is gradually falling apart because he just grew too big for it, which I think is hilarious uh, on it. But anyways, 
the monster criminals know that Bruce Banner's car is coming after them. They don't necessarily know that he's the Hulk right now, but they end up stopping under this underpass, escape it with Molly and Ralph, the, her son, and leave a rock on the accelerator so that the car, the runaway car, will distract Banner. Uh, the Hulk then debuts in public, chasing down the car, only to find it empty. And during that time, it causes a, it basically crashes into a train, causing part of it to detach and endangering the train passengers. Oh, Hulk shit. turns into a hero here, trying to pull it, drag it, and dig his feet in to stop the runaway train, which, quote, causes it to snap the railroad like toothpicks until he's able to finally stop the whole thing. So... Hulk is very heroic right from the beginning. He's Hulk's out to save Molly. He's trying to save the train stuff. So this is different from like the monster Hulk who's just destroying stuff that we're kind of used to seeing in the very mm -hmm. early days. Um, right. When he peeks inside, the humans, you know, true to form are afraid of him. So the only person who's not afraid of Hulk is this little kid, naturally. Um, the <laughs> oh, innocence. Yes. Um <laughs> But anyway, the criminals are tempted to kill Molly and her son now that they're no longer used as hostages. But she tells them that she knows there's a cure for the gamma condition that the old scientist Frank was working on. So she begs them, give me time. I will get you the cure. So the criminals say, OK, sure, go get the cure. But we're keeping your son as hostage. So in the meantime, the man who can help save us all, Bruce Banner, is back. He is no longer hulked out. He is basically walking around in ripped up clothes and winds up in a desert roadhouse trying to call Frank's lab. However, this is, uh, the, the ripped up clothes thing about Hulk, yeah. I always thought, this is like the uh, why Batman doesn't get shot in the jaw, or <laughs> yeah. no one recognized Clark Kent as Superman. Yeah. It's just one of those things you just got to get over for the comics. Yeah. Right? Otherwise, it's just naked. It'd just be a naked dude Yeah. every time he wakes up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. So the I locals... Question, um, Go ahead. Is this... So we were talking about this uh, script being written in 1997. Is that right? Yes. And Men in Black, did that come out in 1998? Mm, I think I believe right. so. Something like So I've been thinking about that bug guy. Yeah, mm. the bug guy reminds me. I was like, if it was in the same vein or style as like, you know, uh, Edgar the Bug and Men in Black, I said, I think I could get behind this movie. Same kind of like practical yeah. effects for the most part. Men in Black, 1997. Is that the guy that was like okay? Mm. What, sugar water? Is that him? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, Vincent Pink Pink for you. So Wilson memorable. Fisk. Yeah, so memorable, yeah. man. Yeah. Sugar and water. Yeah, God, it was so good. Yeah. So <laughs> he's all in. Bruce is all in his ripped up clothes, and he shows up at the roadhouse. He wants to use the phone, but the locals don't trust him due to just looking at him. He just looks like a vagrant. So they try to kick him out with somebody punching him in the face and taunting him. Did I make you angry? And it says, of course, the camera, quote, Dutch angles exactly like Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible 1, where he says, Kittredge, you haven't seen me very upset. Uh, that, as, is, that is in the script. Yes. A straight up movie reference in a professional yes. script. Yes. Yes. You know what would be really cool? <laughs> you see, kids, even the pros, you're not too far away from them. Yeah, Always exactly. Always remember that. Mm -hmm. So he gets punched in the face with somebody taunting him. Did I make you angry? Bruce says, you've never seen me angry. And then we cut to the outside <laughs> of the roadhouse as like it basically gets destroyed and you hear people screaming and shit. And then everybody is just either knocked out or incapacitated or whatever. And Bruce is now back to being Bruce <laughs> after uh, no longer being pissed off and uh, steals a dime from one of them just to use the goddamn payphone because that's all he wanted to do. 
And so um, he calls up Frank's lab for help. And Frank and Molly are already meeting up with Molly saying, they've got my son. You need to create the cure now. And I need to also cure Bruce because I just saw what he became as the Hulk. So they all agreed to meet up so that Bruce can get cured and they can get basically exchange the cure for Molly's son. Um, so together, they all decide, hey, let's go try to rescue Ralph, her son. And uh, she wants Bruce to take the cure, but Bruce decides to wait. He doesn't want to be cured of the Hulk yet. He thinks that being the Hulk could help them fight these convicts if it Already, Bruce is sort of our... I guess Hulk, in many versions, is a separate character from Bruce Banner. But in this one, it just seems like more of an extension of Bruce. It's kind of just Bruce with superpowers, in a way. Um, and I'm not sure how I necessarily feel about that. For this one, there's not really a lot of dives into Bruce's psychology. So kind of makes sense that they wouldn't go into... Um, you know, his own repressed anger due to his abusive father and that type of stuff that we ended up seeing in the 2003 movie. This is kind of just straight up like, well, he's a shy scientist, but he's got an animalistic side that this brings out. And that's pretty much as deep as we're going to go. There this. is something mm -hmm. to be said about stereotypically young men mm -hmm. and anger mm -hmm. and having anger, which is very common. And um, I, I would like if, if anybody out there watching or listening to this, um, if you can give us some comments on like, you know, the kind of deeper Hulk runs, which which ones kind of really go into a psychology, which discuss anger issues and shit like that. I, I'd love to mm -hmm. read I'd love to read those issues. Yeah. That would be cool. I think the Peter David run is the most famous for that. Peter and David. That's the one okay. that, yeah. And that's the one that the two thousand three movie was kind of taking inspiration from was okay. the, the his father being abusive and the the murder of his mother and that type of stuff. All comes from that. Okay. Yeah, that's what um, makes it super interesting, hmm. I think. Well, yeah. it would be interesting anyway, but that really mm -hmm. sends it over the edge. For yeah, sure. yeah. I know uh, my cousin so... reads a whole lot of Hulk books, but uh, mm. I think he's may just be in it for the spectacle. He <laughs> maybe I know he talks to me. <laughs> I know he just talks mm -hmm. to me about like the Planet Hulk stuff a lot, and he like mm -hmm. that. I think that's his favorite character, him and Aquaman. So he's uh, he's well, got a lot way of more Hulk grounded books. than Planet Hulk. <laughs> Yeah, you know, this is like <laughs> body so. horror '90s with a limited budget Hulk. Yeah, I like this take so <laughs> I don't far. Think you would like it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like this take so far, though. I mean, I like to be maybe a couple lines here and there that hint at some deeper stuff. But mm -hmm. if they're not going to do villains that that are part of the comics, th th this is kind of cool, though. The whole body horror thing and them dealing with it. That's yeah, cool. yeah. Um, I mean, they could have not calling him the other guy, like or the big guy, like they do in the MCU. Yeah. Yeah, because it's mm -hmm. again, it's it's not like a whole separate character from him. It just seems like it's Bruce. It's still Bruce. He still wants to rescue Molly. He still wants to protect, you know, her son, that type of stuff. So it's so, there's not really exploration of it being another side to him. And he's he's heroic from the get go, which is interesting. Mm -hmm. Maybe maybe the way I mean, how would you feel about this? Like he's anger can trigger it or getting hurt too can trigger it, I guess, mm -hmm. or about to get hurt. But uh, if he sees someone else in trouble, perhaps his heroic side or whatever, he, or he's able to harness that anger into something positive and helps out immediately. Maybe we're, it, it speeds to that. Maybe that could have been a character arc in and of itself. But mm -hmm. yeah, it's, it's interesting that he's not so angry that he's out of control and not being heroic when he 
yeah. when he has to be. So that's I mean, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I feel like it almost it skips a potential character arc where it could have yes. been about like this is just his him being pissed off all the time, and then he ends up having to harness that monster in order to mm-hmm. make it a positive outcome, in order to do heroic things, and that's his actual growth in this. The script doesn't really have anything like that. It would He's be kind of just the Hulk. It would be great if there was like if he meets with a therapist or a Buddhist monk. There was that Buddhist looking mm-hmm. Hulk kind of run too, uh, where is like <laughs> where he says he's wearing those big Buddha beads anyway. Uh, <laughs> he he says, or it would be cool. I just thought of this. It'd be cool in a script that was if he was talking to somebody like that. Somebody that's trying to help him, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Well, should I have to kill the Hulk somehow?" And he was like, "No, I just want you to learn how to use the Hulk." Yeah. You know, yeah. that would be a cool character arc. Yeah, sure. and I think that's what they attempted to do in the Norton movie, where he's just like, yeah. you know, if I can control it, I can use it when he when, you know, Tim Roth turns into the abomination. So I think they were they were along the same lines there. And I just think that while it's kind of cool, I guess he's a rock from the beginning, I think it would have been cooler if it was about him learning to harness that. But yeah. again, this is also supposed to take place in like one day. <laughs> so Okay. All right. <laughs> we got to factor that as well. Um, so Bruce and Molly now have the cures from Frank and they meet with the criminals who are now turned somewhat monstrous and they want to make an exchange. Molly's son for the cures with the inoculators and stuff. And as they're making this exchange, we cut back to the lab where old man Frank is looking and discovering that he made a big mistake on this cure. This is not going to cure them. This is going to make them worse. And as he calls up Molly to let her know, the convicts already inject themselves, believing that they'll be human again. And instead, they turn into the final form of their monsters. So Novak has heat radiating off of him. Hector turns into a giant hummingbird. And Deacon (laughs) grows wings and becomes a giant-ass bug. And I'm showing concept art in the YouTube version right now of that, as well as... Uh, the prosthetics and makeup tests for what this character is going to look That's like. That's awesome. This so, would have been a total dream for yeah, Steve Johnson and his exactly. team. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, everybody's now a monster, and Banner tells Molly and Ralph, run. And they go off in the car as Banner turns into the Hulk and becomes, quote-unquote, the classic Hulk. And, quote-unquote, as close to the comic as you can get. And a 12-foot-tall version of the Hulk <laughs> goes into a monster fight at this point. So this is where all the budget is going is for this sequence right here. Um, and it's not just him versus the monsters. It's also him versus these helicopters that arrive. Because oh. it ain't a Hulk thing unless he's fighting the government and the military. That's so. right. <laughs> uh, the government arrives because uh, we find out they want to take the convicts alive at all costs, no matter how monstrous they are. Because they want these people to go to Mars really badly. Why? Here's the most ridiculous part. There's gold on Mars. <laughs> There's <laughs> gold in the Hills. That's like Cowboys versus Aliens. You see that shit? Cool. No, I did not. I did, and I don't remember a bit of it. <laughs> There's The aliens want gold in that too, man. Like... <laughs> There's gold on Mars, and so the government really wants that gold, and so at all costs, they're going to cut all corners to get these convicts on Mars to get gold. There's non-fungible tokens on Mars. Yes. <laughs> and they know There's it. There's something called Bitcoin on Mars. We want <laughs> yeah, so. It's Bitcoin scattered everywhere. The people in charge of this whole operation want to get it, and because the Hulk is in their way uh, and is fighting off these convicts, they decide, oh, okay, we got to kill the Hulk and take the convicts alive. 
So the government helicopters start basically firing upon the Hulk and using napalm on him. And quote, the Hulk whirls around roaring. It is ungodly, terrifying as the Hulk basically starts attacking the helicopter. And it's Hulk versus helicopter versus Hector, who's now a giant hummingbird. Uh, the helicopter tries to trap him in a net, but Hulk throws a huge Coca-Cola sign at the helicopter, <laughs> making it go through the windshield and uh, making it crash. But so wait, obviously not before the pilot ejects. There there was product placement in the script. Yes. <laughs> Straight up in the script. Okay. <laughs> got it. Coca-Cola will help out the, the Hulk. Hector got the short end of the stick on this one. Yeah. I mean, the other guys are at least cool. You got like yeah. fire guy, <laughs> bug guy, and then mm. the giant hummingbird. Dude, yeah. Yep. Does his nose turn huge or some shit? Or is <laughs> he gets a huge he gets a huge ass beak as we can see oh, in there the YouTube is. version? There yeah. Gets, oh my god. <laughs> interesting, but still lame looking. He looks like a mosquito person. Yeah. So I don't know. They really he got the shit into the stick yeah. on that deal. Yeah, they could have gotten something. So he You're does like a beetle guy. Yeah. Or something. Yeah, well, I, mean, but, I mean, that would be really freaky looking. Deacon is the beetle guy. Yeah. But I don't see a cockroach guy. Well, maybe a yeah, rep, so. maybe a reptilian person or something. That yeah. Cool. If we're not doing yeah. um, actual villains, we could just do like a more a, a beefed up lizard or something. Right. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, it, it probably should have been like absorbing man, the abomination, like all sorts of other like Hulk mm -hmm. villains, because, because you can still do that. You know, with these, just change the power set a little bit. But yeah, this is this is oh, where wow. Hulk Hulk can kind of shine in his own way too. Like mm -hmm. like with Man of Steel, we noticed. Well, that wasn't the first time for many people, but people mm -hmm. want to shy away from city destruction, right? But maybe with the Hulk, eh, maybe let a little bit of it go. Like I don't know. Like you really want, <laughs> yeah, because you just want Hulk to yeah. smash a bunch of shit. Oh yeah, destroy yeah. shit. You know, yeah. mm -hmm. really. You get it's destruction porn, right? Well, that's with, with the Hulk. I think it's because that's in his character. It's in yeah, the Hulk's yeah. character in order yeah. to be destructive, as opposed to with Man of Steel, it felt off to a certain fan base because of the fact that yes, Superman yes, yes. would to them seem like he'd be caring more about trying to rescue the people um, yeah. than fighting Zod. And, you know, you can be of two minds of it where I'm just like, well, it's kind of you kind of have to do both as Superman. You kind of have yeah. to do, you have to fight the bad guy and save the people uh, and do your best to make sure that you cut down on any casualties. But like Hulk, maybe this version would care a little more about that. But uh, at least in this case, they're in like an open field. So the casualties yeah, yeah. are pretty much just the people who he's fighting at this point. This Hulk is like an epic. uncontrollable monster too, or mm -hmm. he doesn't have the consciousness most of the time of Bruce Banner. So it's, I don't yeah. think people are expecting him to think like, you know, mm -hmm. he's fighting somebody then all of a sudden he's like, just puts on the brakes and there's like a little, <laughs> little old lady crossing the street in front of him. He's like, Oh, wait a minute. Yeah. Old lady at 12 o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Didn't, didn't they say in one of the movies where Bruce says he feels like he's a passenger in, in a car mm -hmm. and the Hulk's driving. There's mm -hmm. some sort of metaphor there. Mm -hmm. and I'm mm -hmm. sure they say there's a bunch in the in Hulk comics, mm -hmm. uh, but uh, that's probably what they would be going for here. And yeah. uh, maybe that could also like, you, yeah, like we've said, uh, you could you, they'd get away with a little bit more destruction because he's not mm -hmm. totally in control. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, so here, Hulk fights the big ass hummingbird. Uh, and uh, ends up throwing him into the fire of the napalm. So there goes Hector. 
He got really <laughs> fucked in this. Yeah. <laughs> he got oh, the man. worst power set, and he's the first one to get killed. He just his so. wings and fucking rips them off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the blood from his fucking dead wing. So Hulk <laughs> just throws him into the damn fire at this okay. point. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> but Novak, the heat guy, is chasing after Molly and uh, ends up causing her to get into a car crash on a bridge. So it's not just her car that's been crashed, but a whole bunch of other people uh, at this point. And uh, using his new heat abilities, he melts his way through the car to get to her in revenge of the fact that she gave him something that made him worse. And as he's about to get to her, he hears the words, leave her alone. And that's, of course, the Hulk. Because Hulk does have lines in this, like in Thor Ragnarok. Nice. So uh, this is unlike the other solo Hulk movies that we would end up seeing where he doesn't really say much other than just like two lines or something. But Hulk does talk in this. So we get Hulk versus the heat monster Novak here. So Novak's arms are described as being almost like lightsabers in how they can burn almost everything. Uh, And it Hulk is weak, kind of weak to it because it it burns him and stuff. So now Hulk is somewhat vulnerable. The stakes are higher. It's not just some lame hummingbird guy. This is somebody who can hurt the Hulk. Uh, and he can't just smash his way out of this either so hulk ends up leading novak into a meat truck where there's kind of a cool bit where novak's presence just causes the frozen meat to turn into cooked steaks (laughs) just his very presence caused that so i'm like that's kind of cool that's a Um, little gag in the middle of the fight yeah Uh, blockbuster shit yeah Yeah. exactly yeah uh hulk is smart enough to use a fire extinguisher on novak (laughs) <laughs> to sort of extinguish the fire. I'm kind of wondering how this is going to look. <laughs> I'm not just strong. It's like to spray it out. I'm not just strong, baby. I I, I can think, too. It's yeah. Just, yeah. It's hilarious. It's like Spider-Man getting that fucking... Uh, uh, with Electro getting the, um, the fire hose. With the fire hose, yeah. 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 yeah, 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 yep. yeah. Hulk then swings a streetlight pole, sending Novak falling and flying into the water. And that's pretty much the end of Novak. Um, so with Wait, those villains left, oh, we got cockroach guy, bug man, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, so with those villains taken out, Hulk has to rescue Molly, Ralph, and the other people who were caught in the big collision on the bridge. And Hulk works together with Ralph to rescue Molly before the bridge collapses. So they end up saving everybody, and Hulk's a hero. Hulk turns back into Banner, and all seems well as Old Man Frank tries to create the real cure for Banner. Uh, there's just one problem, as we pointed out: the giant bug man is still out there. So. Uh, the day that the U.S. tries to launch a rocket into Mars, Bruce has the cure for being the Hulk, but Bugman Deacon attacks the Mars launch. So we get our final set piece, which is at basically the launch of this rocket. Mm -hmm. Uh, Bruce decides he's basically, he's got the needle to his arm and decides he's going to reject the cure because people's lives are in danger and he's going to use this cure on Deacon instead so that uh, they can stop him. Uh, so, the, yeah, uh, the government tries to stop Dan Banner, however, because they want Deacon on Mars because they want that gold. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, that bug man up there and dig up that yeah. gold. <laughs> um, Deacon, of course, ends gold, up man. Deacon ends up killing government agents, however, and Hulk fights Deacon, but he's no match for him. This huge bug monster. Maybe it's because Deacon is the most dangerous out of the three fighting wise. It's not super clear to me. Uh, or Bruce is just as Hulk. He's just really tired <laughs> at this point. But well, I mean, it's the whole like you know, ants are super strong for their size kind mm-hmm. of shit. And yeah, I that's think a... that 
really that's just what this is i think he's just a fucking mm -hmm. super strong mega bug you know yeah yeah so so desperate hulk asks molly to give him the last of the bad antidote the bad serum the one that made the other monsters even worse he asks her for that he's not going for a cure he's going to make himself even more of the hulk at this oh, point and he turns shit. into a super hulk as it was described um a really monstrous version an even bigger version and he encounters deacon on the railing right under basically close to where the rocket's about to launch and rams this bug right into the scaffolding causing both of them to collapse down there uh they're trapped in the rubble molly goes up to the hulk and injects the real cure into him instead of into deacon turning him back into bruce banner so that he's small enough to escape out of the rubble because he was too big as the as the hulk he goes in a super hulk and then he gets a regular antidote so that yeah takes, probably takes away a super hulk and he just goes into regular hulk after that right uh, it's not sequels, clear yeah it's not clear i don't know if he's really setting up sequels here it just says that he gets the cure and we don't see hulk again in the rest of this so it could be that bruce is just cured uh at it or it could be what you said where it's just like he's only cured of being super hulk but yeah, yeah. maybe he's going to be regular hulk later I mean, because they probably want sequels out of this if it was going to be made. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I could. I think that was. I don't know for sure, but my intuition tells me mm -hmm. that it was probably just a way to get rid of Super Hulk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That way, it's just like okay, we don't have to keep using this giant ass animatronic all the time. We can just use yeah. the regular one. Um, this animatronic shit would have been a little yeah. bit like a souped up version of what we saw in RoboCop with the mechs. The, mm -hmm. uh, I forget the mech's name, uh, but uh, those mechs, and then that was like at the end of the first one. Yeah, that mm -hmm. fucking um, what's that shit called? God, it doesn't. I can't think of it right now. But <laughs> the RoboCop I, fans are screaming at us. Uh, <laughs> please forgive me. Just, <laughs> I've seen them all at this point, but I just. <laughs> Fucking can't remember that robot's name, but uh, I guess it would have been like that, but a little bit better because this is 10 years later. Ed 209. Ed 209. There yeah. We go. I had to look that up. Uh, looks like We're our Uncle Goffy. Batman podcast, yes. <laughs> we're out of our element here, but we're, we're having fun. <laughs> we can talk about other superheroes, guys. Um, all right. So in the aftermath, okay, so. Molly takes Bruce away from the rocket. As the rocket launches, uh, Deacon, the bug, is sucked up into the rocket engine and dies uh, inside the rocket as it takes off to Mars. So, in a way, he does get to go to Mars, but posthumously in bits and pieces and shit. Okay. So, that's the end of him. Uh, and uh, in the aftermath, Bruce says that he'll miss the big green guy, but Molly says, eh, I like you the way that you are. So, okay. it's still hinted at that he is still Bruce Banner. Like, he's now just Bruce Banner. But who knows? As you said, sequels and stuff, we'll have to see. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so now that Bruce is cured, Frank, Bruce, and Molly make sure that Martin, the giant man from earlier, gets cured as well. And we sort of end with that man now being back to normal and thanking him, uh, thanking Bruce and Frank and Molly and uh, getting to reunite with his own kids. And okay. the ending, Banner says, we'll get to Mars someday and beyond but we'll do it as men and molly says and women and ralph says and kids so <laughs> i feel like hensley was just like i gotta wrap this shit up uh. <laughs> you see kids <laughs> pros are not too far away from where you are people's first yeah. draft is just it's not all gold man this is real people mm -hmm. write 
real people like just like you and me yeah right yeah. shit and your first draft's not gonna be great right right and so i don't know how far along this one is yeah i don't know how far along this one is maybe this is like an early first draft and it got better during the time that they were making the animatronics i don't know i can only go off of the the draft that's currently online yeah yeah um it seems like this is the end but that's not all there is a random epilogue with howard stern what <laughs> is talking to two country cops who saw the whole thing and think that aliens are behind all this and Stern doesn't believe their story. And uh, yeah, that's the end of the movie. <laughs> so Howard Stern was in an MCU uh, post credit scene at one point. Well, it would have been MCU, but still. He wouldn't. Yeah, that's kind of how it is. So that is pretty much the script. All right. So Zach got taken out by uh, the rocket, just like Deacon in here. So it's just <laughs> Andrew and me for the rest of this podcast. But, yeah, sorry. Um, sorry, guys, for the remainder of this. Uh, mm-hmm. he, we just had technical... He had def- technical difficulties on his side. His, his router fucked up or something. So mm-hmm. it's going to be a duet, a, yes. a tete-a-tete, if you will. Just like the, the old days. Yes. yes, just like the old days. <laughs> so, uh, Andrew, what did you think of this version of the Hulk that would have happened in 97, 98? I mean, it's not bad, man. I got to mm-hmm. say, the, the, for lack of an actual villain from the comics... Mm-hmm. Uh, the replacement, the substitute for that is uh, a lot, is is fine. Like, it's, mm-hmm. it's uh, the body horror aspect is cool. This would have been a dream for Steve Johnson and his team. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, would have been cool to have a little bit more anger stuff. Like, one thing that would be cool, just script-wise, mm-hmm. is uh, basically, it would have been cool if, like, character arc shit... He turns into the Hulk mm-hmm. out of anger, and then maybe doesn't kill somebody, but damn near, damn near fuck somebody up real bad. Right. Yeah. His anger has led. And this probably happened again. Haven't read a whole lot of Hulk comics, so mm-hmm. I know I know fans out there. I know this probably happened in the comics a shitload. Mm-hmm. Let me let me just let me just get through this. <laughs> the he hurt, he hit somebody, and he just like this Hulk character to him is got is something he has to deal with right he doesn't mm-hmm. want to hurt people um and it's it becomes a story of get checking your anger you have to learn to deal mm-hmm. with your anger so yeah. now you have your character arc set up well and then by the end um he has more or less learned to focus focus his hulk chi basically you know maybe <laughs> right. not maybe not completely because it's always going to be a little bit out of control but mm-hmm. Through the events of this movie, he's really learned to uh, hone it in, and that's what helps him to uh, complete uh, to defeat the final boss, basically of the of the mm-hmm. movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? So then you have you have your character arc really set up. I would have I would have liked for it to have that, but what you've described to me today is um, pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. What do you think? Uh, I think that uh, we kind of lucked out, honestly. Like I. <laughs> It is if you're going to do a low budget body horror thing, this is kind of the angle to go. It's just because of the fact that I saw all this previous Hulk stuff that dives more and deeper into Bruce's character, it, that is noticeably lacking in this script in comparison. Not necessarily saying that the uh, you know the stuff we were talking about with the MCU Hulk uh, in the later movies is better, but uh, I'm I'm just saying that for a standalone Hulk movie. And given what we know about superhero movies now, it would have been nice to get, have more exploration into that. So um, yeah. I, I am, I kind of like 
the idea of a body horror Hulk thing with him fighting other villains um, who are also going through the same thing and it all being animatronic. That would have been sweet. I just think that the script could have used a couple more rewrites before it ended up happening. And we don't know. Maybe that's what it was. I don't have a record on if this is the shooting script or the first draft. I have a feeling it's an earlier draft uh, than what was going on because of comments from Steve Johnson. So uh, for the YouTube viewers, they're going to see a little bit of the uh, the Steve Johnson behind the scenes stuff. But for the listeners, I'm just going to keep talking over it of uh, all the stuff. So this was a huge team that uh, Steve Johnson had of just going, creating, and building uh, a workable animatronic Hulk. And one of the things that they talked about was that there was going to be more than one Hulk, uh, as we talked about with the script, right? Uh, that there was going to be the regular Hulk and the um, and the regular uh, sort of... The gray one and the, and the green one? Yeah, and the green one. Yeah, so it is said, however, in the Johnson... Um, interviews, right? That there was going to be a super Hulk who was going to be a villain. He's described it as a villain who was like the nemesis for the finale. And I'm not sure if that's a later script or if that's just a scenario where um, he just got confused, you know? Like maybe he was like, oh, this would have been the, the nemesis, but they just didn't tell him that in the script. Well, no, that's just what Banner turns into at the end. You know, so right, I'm right, right. not really sure. And it wasn't going to be like a Red Hulk or some sort of evil Hulk situation. Yeah, which could have been interesting, too. Like an abomination type character. Uh, he's got to fight, but that's not really what's in the script. Um, so, okay. again, kind of wondering if I'm just looking at an earlier version or if, um, you know, he just got confused in the interview. Who knows? It's possible. But, yeah, yeah. So... Uh, anyway, the actual Hulk was pretty much built. Um, and we're going to see, you can see some of the pictures here in the YouTube version uh, of it, but he was pretty close to being like finished. Yeah. So to describe this for the audio people, uh, mm -hmm. it is like a pretty life size, like 14 foot, is it 12 feet? It's humongous. Yeah. And about it's 12 really feet. Yeah. It, it, this would have been an animatronics marvel. Uh, we don't mm -hmm. see this full thing moving, but the sculpture mm -hmm. is uh, very com comic accurate. Mm -hmm. So that would have been pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, especially considering, you know, some of the C a lot of the CG and the Ang Lee stuff is just very sketch now. Now that we look back, yeah. <laughs> it just doesn't it doesn't match up. And this would have been a lot. I, I think this would have been awesome to see, at least from the technical standpoint, animatronics. Yes. Um, so that brings us to the next question. What happened to the script? Why wasn't this made? Well, the reason why is that the Universal Studios head of production uh, was basically fired. Um, the person who greenlit this was Casey Silver, and he was fired due to a series of flops for Universal, including Meet Joe Black, Babe, Pig in the City. Um, so there was a regime change at Universal and the new execs, the people who were replacing Silver, sort of looked down on any of the projects he worked on, and that included the Hulk movie. Babe uh, was a critical success, though. It was, but it just a box office failure. Box I guess. office failure, yeah. yeah. Meet Joe Black was yeah. a failure? That's interesting. I remember yeah. people talked about that a lot, but I was in high school in, mm -hmm. or even earlier than that. In 97, I was in seventh grade, but I remember mm -hmm. people talking about that a lot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I guess if they were talking about it, it was from the perspective of it's a Brad Pitt movie, but not like a 
big money maker Brad Pitt movie, I guess. I guess so, man. Mm-hmm. I guess so. Yeah. So uh, Universal kept wanting to lower the budget further and further, and Hensley got frustrated, and he said he would stop working on it unless they could 100% commit to making it, which they didn't. They never did. They're just like, eh, keep lowering the budget, and maybe. And he was just like, look, I'm not going to keep working on this for the rest of my life. And more power to him, honestly, for putting his foot down on it, because look at how much work they were already putting into it. And it's I mean, just like, if you can't even guarantee that we're doing this, then why are we doing it? If it's it must have been greenlit because they were making effects for it. You're not going to make effects and wait for a greenlit. Yeah, but it was that shift happened during that time. The executive shift happened. Uh, Hensley called it an executive shift nightmare and that this was a, quote, regrettable part of my career and that it nearly broke him. So (laughs) doesn't sound very fun again. The writer, the writer, director. Oh, he's he's the writer and director. Okay, I got it. Yeah, he wrote this entire thing, the whole body thing, order thing. So right, right. Yeah. So uh, before we wrap up, I do want to give credit to a few things. One of those is a thank you to Axel M for requesting this episode. Thank you to Hulk Archives on Twitter for a lot of these behind-the-scenes images. Thank you to Super Void Cinema for their coverage on the multiple canceled Hulk films that included segments on this. But our biggest thanks go to our research assistant on this, Dan, who gathered the visuals for the YouTube experience, photoshopped some of the images that you saw if you're looking at this from the YouTube video. Uh, so thank you very much, Dan. You went well above and beyond what I was expecting on this. And uh, we look forward to working more with you in the future on thank this. You, Dan. Yep. So a big thanks to Dan on that. And that is superhero stuff you should know. All right. We have a few fan comments for from you guys, starting with Walter the Wobot. It's been a while since we talked to you, Walter. Uh, And this is about the how do you make a great Superman video game? So uh, Walter says, quote, my idea, open world city with destructive buildings and cars, etc. Basically what Crackdown 3 was touted to be, touted to be, but never materialized. I think it can be done on new hardware like PS5, uh, XSX. Uh, instead of giving Superman a health bar, you give him a stamina bar and a city health bar. So I guess two bars. Too much destruction to the city, too many people hurt or killed, and the player fails. Superman's mental health is affected by the city's health. What do you think yeah. about this, Andrew? It's good, and no other game has ever really done this other than that Superman mm-hmm. Returns game, like giving, making this, the health, the city's health bar your health bar, and then mm-hmm. the stamina bar does make sense. And I was just thinking this as you were saying that too. If you had to raise your stamina, as in like rest a bit, and you if you flew up towards the sun, that could increase your stamina quicker. But mm-hmm. you'd be flying away from villains destroying mm-hmm. the fucking Yes, the sacrifice. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So, like, the more and more you think about it, there could be definitely an interesting game here. People keep saying it can never be done, but I think it could be. Mm-hmm. And it would just have to have these kind of elements that have not been done really ever before, except for a little bit in the in, in Returns game. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, or do it God of War and Apocalypse and fucking just fuck the city you know what I mean? <laughs> right also another thing i would do is mm-hmm. um have a fun little side thing where it's call it bizarro mode or whatever and <laughs> make nice. it to where it's a destruction porn the game and you just fucking destroy shit mm-hmm. just for fun that's a, it would be a separate kind of thing same mm-hmm. map same buildings but you could have mm-hmm. the fun of having the power of superman but just call it bizarro mode and make it bizarro you know and yeah that's a little, true little, little sandbox and and then, and then, if you want to get back to the actual Superman story, quit that, and then go into the uh, story mode. 
You know it's, all, I mean? it's like the Arkham Asylum variation where you can play as the Joker. You're, right. just, you're just fucking shit off just for fun, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you don't have to worry about saving people. You're killing everybody. So I mean, dude, it's video games, man. Just have fun mm-hmm. with it, right? Yeah, yeah. agreed. Uh, we had another comment on how would you make a good Superman video game, and that's from John Tease. So John says, okay, a couple of thoughts to add to what you guys said. One, the city health bar can be done well. In fact, it can it could be the only health bar the promotional material shows so that when the first major boss hurts Superman, the player can be just as surprised as the protagonist that he's hurt and might die if he's careless. City health could potentially have a fast rege- uh, regeneration through simple actions, and the character health uh, regeneration can be passive and slow to show the contrast between the two. Uh, number two... The powers should all be present, unlocked during the first chapter. For balancing, they can be ineffective against advanced enemies so that they remain relevant only when you keep upgrading them. Three, open worlds, in my opinion, aren't easy to pair with Superman, so I think he agrees with you on that. Right, um, right. Using large separate level arenas is better for now until loading times and texture streaming speeds improve to be instantaneous. We're almost there, but not quite yet. That is true. Thank you for that comment. And thank you, Walt, for the previous comment also. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Yeah, it's uh, it's tough because they could render a whole fucking Arkham City right now and, and mm-hmm. Metropolis too if they wanted. But in the case of Superman, if it is truly open world, mm-hmm. you, might, you might get into some load, load times if you fly to Mars real quick. They would have to fucking, you know, uh, <laughs> deal, with, deal with like rendering Mars. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Which some games are kind of open world intergalactic games, but they're kind of like mm-hmm. space space sim shooters and shit. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that would be a f- sweet game if they made that. That would be cool. But yeah, if it if it's just Last of Us or Uncharted or God of War, where it's more linear and less open world, mm-hmm. uh, it could still work. It would be a slightly different game, but not really not impossible. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'd be cool though. Yeah. Uh, all right, that is on the Superman video games. The last one was actually an email we received from a fan named Oscar. Uh, Oscar S. Uh, Oscar, did you do the voice of Catman in a video for Mr. Rogues? Let me know. Uh, but anyway, uh, Oscar said, Hello, Ben and Andrew. I hope the two of you are doing well. I just want to start by saying that I have been following you guys for almost a year now over at Superhero Stuff You Should Know. You made the year 2020 bearable, so thank you for that. Uh, I think that you both are brilliant. I've enjoyed a lot of your deep dive episodes, especially the readings of alternate Batman scripts, which brings me to the main reason why I'm writing to you. I don't know if either of you is familiar with the Grayson trailer. Yes, in fact, I am. Uh, A fan-made short created back in 2002 by John Fiorella of Untamed Cinema. He follows us on Twitter, by the way. Uh, The trailer is something I would liken to an Elseworlds tale, an alternate continuation of the Batman 66 Super Friends show, focusing on a now middle-aged Dick Grayson investigating the death of the Batman. To my understanding, there exists no full-length feature version of this trailer. That's correct. Uh, It was always meant to be nothing more than a trailer. However, there does exist a screenplay of this project written by Mr. Fiorella himself. I think that a deep-dive reading of this screenplay would make a fun addition to your videos gallery. So here is a link to the Grayson page where you can watch the trailer and learn more about the project. And they sent us the uh, link as well as a PDF for the screenplay itself. Anyways, thank you so much for the awesome content you guys create and keep up the good, great work. You guys rock. Best regards from your Swedish fan, Oscar. P.S. Oh. Have either of you seen the made-for-television movie Return to the Batcave, The Misadventures of Adam and Bert? So there's a lot to win back here. But yeah. uh, yes, I've seen Grayson. Uh, it premiered. We have had some interaction with John Fiorello on Twitter. It would be cool if we could bring him on. 
for that if we we have been talking about doing some coverage on Batman fan films at some point. So I think this would be where we would cover that uh, in a way. And uh, are you familiar with this one, Andrew, the Grayson trailer? Man, I have to look this up. Uh, I might actually have seen this, but it, mm-hmm. when did this come out again? 2002. Yeah, I might have seen this when it came out or shortly after. So mm-hmm. I've probably forgot everything about it, but <laughs> it does sound a Grayson short film, fan film. I, I think maybe, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, we'll, it's Nightwing we'll investigate. Is Robin going into Nightwing? Or? There's no Nightwing. He's, he's Robin. Oh, he's Robin in this? Yeah. Okay. I got you. Uh, also, yes, I have seen Return to the Batcave, The Misadventures of Adam and Bert. It's hilarious. It's basically a nice behind-the-scenes movie uh, about uh, what happened behind Batman 66. So it'd be fun to cover that. Um, I'm trying to figure out the best way to cover Batman 66 stuff for us specifically because of the fact that there's just so much material out there and we want to make sure we're not just repeating what everyone else is doing. Uh, But that's definitely something worth discussing is uh, the Batman 66 stuff because... As I've brought up, you know, in many ways, Adam West is the greatest Batman in terms of he just put Batman on the map in terms of pop culture and certain aspects of the character that he brought to life have not been topped since, especially the intelligence. So that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Again, my dad's always like Adam West could kick Christian Bale's ass. (laughs) He's the best Batman ever was. I will bring this up (laughs) is that because of the fact he's a live action Batman uh, in a television show. He's arguably been in more fights on screen as Batman than anyone else. I mean, he had better fights than Nolan's Batman, but that's a story, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> There's no KC fighting method. <laughs> Elbow strike. So, yeah. Anyways, uh, thank you, Oscar, for that. And uh, that is it for the fan comments. Over to you, Andrew. Oh, man. Thank you guys for those comments. We do appreciate it. And, um, yeah, two video game comments. Thanks for putting those in, Ben. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, so yeah, thanks. Thanks for that, and thank you to our Patreon supporters who are Shasta, Leom O, Super Inframan, Douglas P, Dan D, Aaron Willard, Nick Noah, Jesse E, Jeffrey R, Scott V, Asgers Webb, Jeremy H, Alex of the What Mean Podcast, Ian Justice, Carter S, Braxton W, and Jared P. Mm-hmm. And we want to thank our other supporters who are Spark Geddon, SACT Productions, Robert Schumann, Kukin Noms, Matt Herring, Elijah B., Shamrock Balls. We mentioned you on a Patreon a couple times, man. Just, <laughs> just the name Shamrock Balls. We, just think, we think your name is funny. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Ian H., Walter the Wobot, John Wells, Rye Guy, Jackson Putnam, and Tway N. Please, uh, if you want to be in this list, you want to join the $1 tier. Uh, that gives you uh, this here shout out and the first uh, first listing of the shout out that we do, mm-hmm. and then uh, the five dollar tier will get you the shout out plus a whole new show, and uh, it's like a deeper dive. It's a de- it's like this is a deep dive on YouTube. The mm-hmm. great Patreon is fucking even deeper. We've talked over Kryptonian religions and shit. <laughs> the we religions about, of Krypton. We talked about the Footlight Frenzy poster that is in front of the theater <laughs> in Batman 89's flashback of the Wayne murders and what Flash Footlight Frenzy was. We went over the showtimes listed <laughs> on that poster. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, we, yeah, it does get deeper than this YouTube show. So mm-hmm. $5 a month, cancel any time. And we, we have a $10 had, tier. Yeah. We have, yeah, we had our inaugural, we broke some champagne on the ship, 
or whatever the fuck it is, wine. Mm-hmm. It's probably champagne, right? It's champagne, yeah. And and we watch the ship sail off well with us on it, and that, that ship is the $10 tier, which mm-hmm. is the monthly meetup. And if you're $10 or above, you get all of the shit that we said before, plus a monthly meetup. And we may add more, but for right now, we're just going to keep it to one show. <laughs> and what we did before... Uh, was what we did for the first one was Batman commercials. We did a live reaction with fans, mm-hmm. so you can join that with us live. And uh, if you do miss that, but you are a part of the $10 tier, then you can still watch it on Patreon. So we post it in Patreon if you're at that tier. So mm-hmm. there you go. Yep. And um, please check out our merch. That's at superhousepod.redbubble.com and superherostuffpod.threadless.com. I know we keep saying it. We're going to add the fucking uh, Joker shit soon. The Zachula Joker. If he fixes his internet. Yeah. For right now, we have the artwork by Wolfie Cruz that is Ben Man and Indeed Wizard mugs, shirts, shower curtains, all kinds of shit that you want to check out there. Um, So check that out. Mm -hmm. And then please send us an audio interstitial to superhousepodcast at gmail.com that's basically just any kind of weird audio usually we put it at the end of the mid of the of the mid uh, episode break so uh, yeah send us something we'd love to hear more than uh, Zach Zach used to send us a bunch yes <laughs> he was a super fan for a while <laughs> and uh, those are great of course but uh, yeah mm-hmm. please uh, send us send us uh, some others guys that'd be awesome mm-hmm. Walter the Wobot I'm looking at you you send us something man <laughs> calling you out no, you don't have to if you don't want to. I'm just mm. fucking around. Um, but anyway, uh, so, uh, yeah, or animate our sketches also. Uh, hashtag uh, throughout the, in- the entire duration of the video in the in the corner there uh, is fine. Small text is okay, but at least at least legible. Uh, and, um, yeah, that would be great. Animate the sketches that are usually found only in the uh, middle part of our episodes these days. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I'm Thunderwolf Drew on Instagram and Twitter. I'm Thunderwolf Lives on YouTube. I do a lot of Japanese. I don't update it as much as I should, but check it out. I do have like uh, d- documentaries and stuff on Japan and Japanese culture and, and language and shit like that. I'm Thunderwolf Drew. I'm on ThunderwolfDrew.com. That's my personal portfolio, so you can check out everything there, all my photos and videos and stuff. And then AmanoRecon.com. A M A N O R E C O N.com. We are hoping to shoot a test. Ooh. For this mm-hmm. in September, so nice. Um, it's a test, but things are moving forward. I'll, I will say that. So it's not just lip service here. It's not just a poster, a great poster by Zach. Uh, there is forward movement, but um, you, you know, big movies have a long pre-production time. Some of them, hmm. and not that we're a big movie at all, but I, I feel the pain now. <laughs> so this, no, it's like yeah. Yeah, I know what it's like. So, um, yeah, that's an R-rated, uh, Japanese-inspired uh, sci-fi horror comedy. They get a superhero suit like you see in the poster here mm-hmm. and a lightsaber-esque sword, a laser sword. I don't think Star Wars has the uh, <laughs> has the monopoly on laser swords. I think you'll so, be fine. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, check it out. And it has aliens and shit, X-Files uh, and shit like that. Um, and conspiracy theory kind of stuff. We have fun with conspiracy theory stuff, so it's a cool mix of things that I like. And then there's going to be an Indiegogo campaign for that eventually. Indiegogo is similar to Kickstarter, but a little bit better for uh, short films. And mm-hmm. that's it from me, Ben. 
Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at SuperHousePod, but everything else, we are Superhero Stuff Pod. So that means Instagram, Superhero Stuff Pod. TikTok, Superhero Stuff Pod. You can also hear Andrew's rants about metal over there, too. <laughs> All right, real quick. I'm sorry about that, Ben, but I want to... I did think that TikTok would be a good place for us to talk about random bullshit. Mm-hmm. So I did. I agree. Put, I put two posts on TikTok talking about metal because the, the show has always had the metal bumpers, the metal music, metal intro mm-hmm. and stuff. And um, yeah, the, and they had like decent listens too. Like it's got more. It's got more more views than some of our show clips on there. Yeah, so. that's just the nature of TikTok, man. Yeah, so I know. Yeah, yeah. So TikTok superhero stuff pot Vero. If you're a Snyder fan, superhero stuff pod. Uh, <laughs> my personal website, as you can see here, is benwanrider.com. Uh, my if you're YouTube a Snyder channel. Fan or you are Snyder yourself. Yes. Yes. Please follow us. Please follow us on Vero. <laughs> as you can see, we only have six followers right now. We let us slide for Vero, man. That's Vero, dude. That's good numbers <laughs> for Vero. <man>. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so again, Ben Juan Ryder for .com for me. Uh, my YouTube channel, as you can see here, is in the description below with some thumbnails by Zach. Uh, Early Bird is a project I'm working on. It's kind of a comic book superhero with uh, talking animals in the vein of Batman 66, but you can check that out at Earl-E-Bird.com, and we are revitalizing the art and uh, the writing of that comic. It's uh, gonna... cool. Yeah. I, li- I yeah. like that. It's a cool. It's just young kids like yeah crazy mm-hmm. animal look and yeah it looks fun. yeah yeah thank you uh my instagram is ben juan Ryder. uh my cat's instagram my furry son is alfie pennyworth cat uh and uh if you also have a cat you can check out whisker box we have our own uh, little uh link over to that where you can get a free well no, that's for BarkBox, but you can get a basically, <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. Uh, you can get, it's not for you, but it is a box for your uh, feline friend, and it is BarkBox where you can get the first month off free if you use our link in uh, basically our uh, shop at superherostuffpod.com slash shop where you can find all our affiliate links, a Patreon link, our merchandise stuff, BarkBox, uh, WhiskerBox, Whisper to Bidets, eBay, all sorts of Amazon stuff, all that stuff's available yeah. at superherostuffpod.com slash shop. I felt like a legit podcast when we got that bark box link. <laughs> you know? It felt like we We are official. We, made it. we yes. fucking made it. Yes. So we got bark box for you guys who are dog fans. And uh, well, Zach's not here, so we're just gonna plug uh Zachary Jackson Brown art is his name everywhere. That's all you need to know. So Instagram, social media, um, his website, ZacharyJacksonBrownArt.com. That's all there. And uh, you got to see some samples of it either in the Amino Recon poster or the stuff that I'm showing here. And uh, that is pretty much it in terms of the episode. So thank you guys very much for joining us. And uh, you know what? (laughs) I want you to do us a favor. I want you to tell all your friends about us. We did it. We did it. (laughs) Superhero Stuff You Should Know is part of the Greenlit Podcast Network.